Hey, fellow Mathers, before we get into this episode, we want to share with you how you can get access to free content, professional learning that will keep your students engaged and doing the math that matters. Get ready to go to this link, mathisfigureoutable.com slash challenge. That's right. Registration is open for the free Math is Figure Outable challenge that's starting May 15th and runs to the 17th at 7 p.m. Central. We're going to have three nights jam-packed with learning and routines that you can take straight to your classroom. In these challenges, we have a great time. We do some math, talk about classroom experiences, give away super cool bonuses and prizes. You won't just walk away with routines that are naturally engaging and encourage your students to think mathematically. You'll also have a chance to win over 6 k worth in prizes, including a few virtual PD sessions for your school. I'll be joined by my wonderful co-host, Kim, and special guest, Jenna Labe. You can register at mathisfigureoutable.com slash challenge for a fantastic learning experience. That's mathisfigureoutable.com slash challenge. Now on to the show. Hey, fellow mathematicians. Welcome to the podcast where math is figureoutable. I'm Pam Harris. And I'm Kim Montague. And you found a place where math is not about memorizing and mimicking, waiting to be told or shown what to do, but it's about making sense of problems where we notice patterns and reason using mathematical relationships. We know we can mentor students to think and reasons like mathematicians. Not only are algorithms not particularly helpful or fun in teaching mathematics, but rotely repeating steps actually keep students from being the mathematicians they can be. Hey, hey Kim. Um, um, hang oh. on a second. You said yes. reasons. We, we can. Reasons? Think what? Students to think in reasons. I, seriously? You <laughs> can mentor <laughs> students to think in reasons like mathematicians? Every once in a while it happens. Oh. And I don't. I'm, we I'm, can I'm mentor students to word. think <laughs> and reason like mathematicians. <laughs> I was getting ahead of myself. Oh, good heavens. Yeah, it's funny because we'll talk to people um, at conferences and stuff and they'll say, do you do you re-record that every time? We're like, yeah, every time. Maybe one time we won't. We'll just like dive in. <laughs> we'll be like, wait, what's going on? <laughs> or I, I thought you were going to say we would record it, but no, we're not going to record oh, it. Oh, no, no, no. Hey, but um, I don't know if I should announce this, but I am planning to change the intro oh, and outro when okay. we hit episode 200. So mm. listeners, you can be um, watching for that episode number to just Are you see. watching or are you listening? Oh gosh. <laughs> I'm just poking at you. <laughs> uh, okay. Maybe I'm tired today. I don't know. I'm going to wake okay. up. Okay. okay. I'm awake. I'm awake. Awesome. So I had a fun uh, experience. Um, it was a little while ago now, but um, I thought I'd mention it on the podcast where um, I did presentation for the Make Math Moments guys. Oh, that was there. so great. Oh, I had a, I had a blast. Yes. Um, I really appreciate John and Kyle. I think they have they're done super. an amazing yeah. job of adding to the conversation about math education. Plus, yeah. they're just good guys. We they like are. them. Yeah. Um, they do good work. Yes, they do excellent work. And during that presentation, at the very beginning, people were getting on. They were telling me where they're from and what they teach and everything. And David got on and he said, I've just been sucked down the vortex. No, sorry. I've just been sucked down the math is figureoutable vortex. And I'm, <laughs> and I'm loving it or something like that. David, Whoa. I might not be quoting exactly correctly. That's but funny. And I, I noted it and uh, I, th I think I may have said something. And then as it happened, he popped up. You know, I can see um, exactly forty nine people on my on my screen. Yeah, uh, in the Zoom, and there was a David, and so I think I said something like, "Hey, is, are you the one that was sucked down the vortex?" And he kind of perked up and smiled well, and was like, "Yeah, funny. that's me." And anyway, so y'all, thanks do we for know being sucked him in. 
Well, I don't know, but I was just going to say thanks for being sucked down the map. It's incredible <laughs> vortex. What a fantastic vortex to be sucked down. Um, we'll I don't, I'm not sure if I know what I don't know. Oh. David, if you're listening to this, let us know what sucked you down. Yeah. Sorry if I'm forgetting. Like I said, it was a little while ago, That's but um, yeah, that was fun. It's All like, right, Kim. like we're an octopus with lots of tentacles. <laughs> You come within range. We'll in, grab you and keep in you. all the positive ways. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's oh an gosh. image. Okay, <laughs> all right. So, okay, so listeners, we have um, we have journey. You know, this uh, this the implementation support, and it's like the best place our, to be. It's our group of folks mm-hmm. that we work yeah. with. Yeah, it's the people are super thoughtful, and there's some some really fantastic chatter where you know people just share ideas. And we, you know, we have a private Facebook group and occasionally I'll lob out a question. And a while back I posed a, would you rather, um, just to like, see what they were thinking. And so, um, I put in there as a math teacher, would you rather have compliance students or have students who question? And then I asked why, Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, I just want to see what people would say. And and I added the, a caveat at the end of it. And I put in parentheses, I actually don't think this is an easy answer. So the replies came pretty quickly. And most people said they would rather have students who question. Um, because, you know, kind of around here, we like kids to be thinkers. But then one of our fabulous members, Adina, said, I don't think this is an either or because people are not one dimensional. Which I thought was really, really sharp. And she said, I have students who question everything except for math. Yes, they're teenagers and Mm -hmm. students who are polite and respectful and follow school rules, but question the math that, uh, to try to figure it out, which I thought was a nice distinction. And, um, and I said, yeah, that's totally, I agree. And that's why I bring it up. And I think it might be easy if you're in the math is figure out of a movement or really just in general, you're into kids who are thinkers to say, um, you, you want kids who question. Because we mm-hmm. want kids these days who are thinkers. But if that's true, we also have to be okay with being questioned a lot. And that can be a lot, a, a lot, lot everywhere right? about everything. Mm-hmm. We can't ask him to think in some areas and um, and then shut him down in others. Um, so, you know, I, I think about this and maybe it's why I was thinking about it in the first place because my personal kids are big questioners, which, you know, I like. But as a mom, like, oh, it's going to be super frustrating, right? There are, want them- there are times where you're like, maybe not tonight. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, it's that the, we're raising the conversation that um, in general, we're a compliance driven society. Um, and and you know, there's definitely some place for that, but um, safety and whatever. But, you know, if we're saying we want kids to be thinkers, then maybe we need to examine some of the compliance that we have in our classrooms. I mean, and Kim, you're a massive questioner. Um, yes. You know, we, we work together. And so I'll say as a, as a mathematician and as a teacher, one of the most valuable, um, how do I say this? You are super valuable to me because you don't let me get away with anything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, Which is tough, right? It is definitely tough because when I question, it might feel like somebody's saying like, oh, you think I'm wrong. And it's mm-hmm. literally about having, I mean, sometimes, sometimes you do, sometimes, sometimes, yeah. sometimes, but really but, it's about, I want to understand. Well, and, and, I, and often we push each other for clarification yeah. and for, um, like meaning what we say and not just kind of offhandedly uh-huh. whatever and meaning what we say, but also being heard the way we intend to be heard. Uh-huh. Those are two different things, I think. Well, um, and really 
really, it means that you're, you're examining things really deeply and like, you're not just saying something on the fly, but you've really thought about a situation and you, it matches up with your beliefs and it matches up. Um, yeah, integrity. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. 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 We, and you, you and I both, that's important to both of us. Um, sure. So we're both questioners, but we kind of want to turn the conversation a little bit to this idea of compliance. Mm-hmm. Um, and what does it mean to be compliant? Uh, cause you, you kind of said, you know, there might be some things like safety where we need kids to be compliant. You kind of said our society is a little bit compliance driven and that might be, we might take that as super negative, but I, I'm going to say there are some places where yeah, sure. compliance, I think is important. Um, maybe not, maybe not blind compliance, maybe. Yeah. You know, I think people understand. have different, different, what they're okay with in their lives for compliance or not. And so I don't, I don't know that we're going to suggest like how much compliant each person should be. Yeah. But I think we're saying that they, we, we would agree that they're with each other, that there are times where compliance is important. So maybe let's parse out today. Um, we're going to kind of wing this a little bit. Uh, what, 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 where is compliance important for us or not important for us in, yeah, in a classroom? Yeah, we could do lots of things kind of in other places, but let's focus on math teaching a little bit um, or maybe just even teaching. Yeah. So Kim, I know you've yeah. told me a little bit about your first year. Um, I think it was with reading. Yeah. Homework. Homework yeah. reading. Can, can you tell us about that? So, you know, there were, there were a couple of specific things that we did with regard to homework. And, you know, I'm not like a super big homework fan, but I see that there are some things that, you know, are, are valuable. So one thing was a kids needed to read as, as part of a school, you know, expectation was that they read 20 minutes a night. And, you know, I think in general, the point was read, like be a reader. But in that situation, it turned into if you didn't read exactly 20 or more each night, then there was like a thing, right? It was like comment on it. And it was kind of the expectation that that was what we did here. Did it affect kids' grades? Um, It did not. The 20 minutes of reading was not a grade thing. That was just an expectation. But it was like, you know, if you didn't read 20 tonight, and I would be like, read extra tomorrow. Like, just be a reader right? Find books you love. I'll help you find books you love and just be a reader. The the standard, it had to be 20 a night, like didn't really fly with me so well. But there was a situation where um, my team, and I I loved my team. We got along fabulously. There were so many wonderful things. It was such a great, great group, but I was brand new. And so I, you know, went along with some things that were kind of like, this is what we do. And this is the expectation. And, you know, maybe I wasn't as whatever you want to call me now, but I found <laughs> stuff. And so one of the things was that we did like a homework packet. And so on Monday, there were a couple of things in the homework packet and then it came back on Friday. And I liked the idea of honoring the fact that you could do more or less on different nights based on your schedule and sports and activities and church. And so instead of giving homework every day, it was, or whatever, this, yeah. it was a whole week and they could kind of space it out. In the yeah. Week. And it was really not a lot of things to do, but there was one thing in particular that I sometimes think back on and I go, man, that was bad call. Um, and we, you know, it was in the era of brand new state testing that everybody was like concerned about because it was the entry into, if you don't pass, then there's a high potential that you don't get to go to the next grade. Mm -hmm. Yes. And so, you know, we occasionally would have like a, a, a reading passage from the state test or an old, or a guess from a practice book anyway. And so, 
there was a lot of work on like reading strategies, right? This is third grade. And so it was do these reading strategies where I don't even remember what they were. And that's how Circle people they were. Underline. Circle, underline. Uh, basically, oh, write, write a, a few summary words off to the side of each paragraph. Oh, my heavens. So <laughs> anyway, the expectation was that the assignment in that homework was not done until all those strategies were also done. Like that was part of the work. And so, you know, I would have kids you know, in the beginning of the year, like, whoa, we do the thing. And then like over time, you know, they were like, like I, I bubbled in the answers. Like I read it, I bubbled in the answers. And the, the general thought from my group was if you didn't do the strategies, then you didn't complete the assignment. That was the expectation. Even if you got correct answers, you yeah. understood what you read, yep, you understood yep, yep. everything. Yep. Because did the learning. Uh-huh. Because good readers do these things and we want you to practice them so that we know that you know how to do them for whatever's testing. And in that moment, like I really struggled because what was happening was kids were avoiding turning the packet in because turning it in one day late on Monday was better than getting a bad score on that thing. And so like it, it, it created more problems to be compliant about the way that that should be done then it was actually worth having students do. And so, so it became a battle of like, oh, you didn't, oh, stand from, re-, like a whole thing that I could not stand. We were, we were basically reprimanding the lack of compliance of doing my strategies on your paper. And it, it, sounds, yeah, it sounds like you were, you were frustrated that kids were doing the learning, doing the work, getting, um, getting out of it what they needed to get out of it, but were being punished sort of arbitrarily for not making it look the way. Yeah. With, with the underline, the words off to the side yeah. and the circle and the, whatever the 21 year old Kim was not as the stand up for yourself. <laughs> bold, bold, like argumentative, maybe. I mean, Kim, it kind of sounds like some math teachers I know who yeah. say you have to show exactly all the steps every time. Yeah. Um, and and it's funny. I, I wonder how many math teachers were calmly listening to this episode and be like, Cam, you should have stood up for that until I just made it be yeah. the way yeah. maybe we're making our kids be compliant on math papers. Yeah. And, and, and I can hear people screaming right now at your podcast player and you're like, Pam, they're going to need to have all those steps for later on. Yeah. And, and um, I'm going to gently push back on that just a little bit. Um, if they really are reasoning to get answers um, maybe we need to have different reasons for having them show their thinking rather than, uh, I'm not going to give you a grade um, if you didn't. Yeah. And, anyway. and there needs to be some, some flexibility in differences for different people. Like you and I, when we're solving problems, write down different things in different ways. And sometimes you write more than I do. And sometimes I write more than you do based on what we understand already. Um, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So um, I have an interesting compliance story that maybe is the other opposite end of the spectrum. Uh, When I was at one of the first schools I taught at, um, there was a gentleman. um, I'm going to not call him his real name. uh, We'll call him Larry today. Okay. Um, He was very nice. Um, I liked Larry. He was a nice guy. I'm told funny jokes. He, um, uh, how do I even start? Uh, He said, if you don't want to learn, I can't force you. 
and that was kind of his like just sort of the way he if you're if you don't want to learn then you know I, I can't force you but what that looked like in his classroom was pandemonium mm-hmm. um it there was kids would come in the room and he would say all right uh, i'm going to be up here and i'm going to teach and he would he would calmly write at the board and teach and kids would would and he, but if you don't want to learn then you know and so kids would would throw stuff and and talk and laugh and and basically the three kids in the room that were trying to pay attention would sit up front as close as they could to yeah. try to pay attention but there was just havoc in the room because he said well if you don't want to learn i can't force you <laughs> yeah. so um i don't think we're suggesting that either right like we're not suggesting that that the i think teachers do have a huge role to play in uh, creating an atmosphere where kids can learn. And yeah. uh, I, I, and I would just unfortunately say that that was not happening in Larry's classroom um, at all. So yeah. this is, it's an interesting, you know, what does it mean? Uh, he was, he was sort of saying, I'm not, I can't force you to, to be compliant. What are there good things to be compliant about? Yeah. Is, is, yeah. What, uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think definitely you and I, I mean, maybe I'm speaking for you and you can please correct me if I'm wrong, but I think there's some general life stuff that we think we would want kids. I don't even know what's the word compliant. Like we, yeah. there's general life stuff. The word compliant is, mm, seems tricky. It's like, it feels negative to me because it's almost like do the thing I told you to do, whether you agree with it or not. Um, but I think there's some general life stuff that we would say, even if you don't want to be respectful and turn take with other people in this class and just in general, treat them kindly. That's compliant here. If that's we, not we what do that here. do, this is yeah, what we, we do, do that. Yeah. If that's not going to be you, then we're going to run into some, some situations where that's not going to work. And there may be some consequences for that choice. So compliant, if you're going to call that compliant, then absolutely for me, we're like treating people well. Um, but I can think of situations where we do things that people might think, oh, that's a compliance thing. But maybe we just haven't verbalized it. So we're super big fans of like thumbs up, right? You're doing a problem string or you're talking in a math class. We use a thumbs up signal um, to avoid calling out. Well, and to um, be clear, it's not a, a raised hand with your thumb in the air. It's a, no, it's a, right discreet, at your yep. it's a discreet sort of private signal so that only the teacher um, is, is kind of aware who's done when. So yep. it takes the speed out. There's lots of reasons we do yeah. it. Um, yep. And we do, we do ask for that. We set yep. the expectation. Yep. And we Mo- model it, right? Model mm-hmm. the way we want it to happen. But so we, we are hoping for compliance in that, but it's not like if somebody doesn't do it, we're removing them from the group or we're dinging them on a grade. You know, we might have a conversation and like dig into like, Hey, this is kind of what we do. We don't, you know, is there a reason why? I mean, I think we'll definitely have a conversation, right? Yeah. Yeah. But there's no like there there's no negative you're in trouble. Um I mean if a kid is 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 doing it on purpose to get in trouble, that's when we have a conversation. And yeah, yeah we yeah. put some things in place to kind of help figure out what's going on so that we can make that a positive learning environment for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Um can I tell you the one that really makes me crazy? Sure. Is um names on papers. <laughs> um <laughs> and the thing that makes me crazy, like, listen, I, I need a name on a paper. That's super important. But I'm going to share with my students why that's valuable. Like, I'm like, I think kids assume that they're going to put names on papers and they forget. And so if, if you take points off 
or, you know, drop their grade or they stay in from recess or whatever. That is so straight about compliance because it makes it easier on your life. And I just really struggle with that, you know? So some of these things that we're suggesting, like we're sharing why this is valuable and why it's helpful. And we would appreciate, you know, them doing the thing that makes class better in general. But the second that you take points off of, well, points off for non-mathy things is always a always a struggle for me to wrap you my would, head around. You would, yeah, you would suggest that points off for non-mathy things doesn't make sense yeah. because your grade is uh, not about compliance. It's about the math. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, I found it interesting when you were telling me how you deal with kids who don't have names on their paper. I wish I would have done this when I was in the classroom. So when, when you found a paper without a name on it, what'd you do? Oh gosh, what did I say? I don't remember. <laughs> I think you told me that you had a, a, a no name. Like, oh yeah. Yeah. Totally or pile just a stack. Or like, yeah. I didn't get mine back. Check the no names. Yeah. Go, go over sure. there and find your paper. Yeah. Just go, you, you recognize your handwriting. Go get it. Yeah. Yeah. I wish I would have done that. I thought it makes a lot of sense. I'm going to sneeze. Oh, no sneeze. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea if our editor will keep that in there or not. Woo. Probably not. Hey, so um, I found an interesting experience. You and I were actually together uh, in a conference recently. Um, we don't do that all that often, but that was no. fun. And um, it, it was it was a session, you know, we're all professionals. And um, the instruction from the presenter was to have a conversation about something. Turn, mm-hmm. turn and talk to your partner yep. or whatever. And then um, the presenter said, stop now. Stop, <laughs> stop, please. Stop now. And the expectation was an immediate stop. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like a, Hey, I'm going to, you know, give you this notice to, you know, mm-hmm. I, I, I will usually say something like finish the sentence you're on. Sometimes I'll joke, finish the paragraph you're on, but it was, it was super interesting. We both kind of looked at each other like, really, is this happening? Right I now? feel like, I feel like, um, there was almost like a little bit of a reprimand. Maybe. Yeah. I don't, kinda... maybe that probably wasn't the intention at all. Maybe, but it was, the, I mean, abrupt. the first, the, you know, so we're having a conversation and this happened several times, but, but each time it was stop now. And then I think it was kind of the second time. Stop now. Stop mm-hmm. now. Sort of like we were both a little taken back by that. Um, we would suggest that if the, uh, if we're trying to build a community of learners and we say to them, talk that then you may not want to cut them off mid word. Um, maybe let them finish yeah. the sentence you're on. Yeah. Another place I think maybe where I would uh, suggest that it's less helpful is uh, where, where we ask students to copy notes perfectly. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's less than helpful. Um, I think we want to encourage some note uh, uh, making. I'll quote Peter Lilliedahl on that. Um, I think note making is much more helpful than note taking. Mm-hmm. And note making can be the notes that the student needs and we can help them learn um, what those are. One that drives me crazy, Kim, is uh, teachers who come into uh, PD late. (laughs) Yeah. I'm pretty sure are the ones who have these crazy grade driven tardy policies. And then they walk into PD late and I'm like, really? Okay. You're the, you know, yeah. I mean, like if you're the person who's asking your students to do something that you're not willing to do yourself, uh, that's a different conversation. Well, in general, right? Not just the tardy thing, but but mm. like we are the example. We're the model. And I get that there is a maybe a mindset of like, well, I'm the adult here or, you know, this is my classroom. And, and that's probably not true for very, very many of the listeners, right? But there are some, I'm the authority. And I just wonder sometimes if the compliance issue is maybe part of an issue because we're not modeling 
the best version of the thing that we're wanting from our students. So that could be a really helpful thing is to, yeah. to model the way that we, as we treat students, model that um, and, and that can uh, come yeah. back to us. So yeah. maybe some takeaways. Consider how much of your math class is about compliance and are those things necessary or maybe are they just a habit that makes your life easier but isn't really helping the learning happen? Yeah, I think this is really just a time for reflection because sometimes we're spending more time fighting for compliance and maybe it's not as helpful to students as we think it is. So do they know why they're you're asking them for this compliance and are they involved in understanding and do they get to participate? And what's actually effective for them? Yeah, nice. Please, please don't hear Kim and uh, nor I um, trying to do any finger wagging. No, I think we're really just raising. I, yeah, Kim raised that question in our journey group, and we've just really been thinking about it since. So we thought we yeah. would think about it live today with you. Yeah, we'd love to know your thoughts. Yeah, and thank you for tuning in and teaching more and more real math. To find out more about the Math Is Figureoutable movement, visit mathisfigureoutable.com. And thank you for spreading the word that math is figure outable. Thank you for listening and making math more figure outable. To learn even more, make sure you register for our free challenge at mathisfigureoutable.com slash challenge. You are not going to want to miss the evenings of May 15th through 17th, starting at 7 p.m. Central. Math teaching, math teaching, go register now. That's mathisfigureoutable.com slash challenge. Join us to make math more and more figure outable. And if you can't join live, register and we'll send you access to the recordings. We'll see you there.